Good morning and welcome to the Dance to Learn podcast where I help dance teachers and studio owners dance, learn, and grow right along with your students. I'm your host, Jessica Strong, and I'm the creative director and owner here at Dance to Learn. And in today's episode, I am diving further into VARC learning with a focus on our visual learners and how we can use visual cues throughout our class to help us with classroom management for these particular learners. So good morning, everyone, dance teachers and studio owners. Happy Tuesday. I hope everyone out there is doing well. I can tell you it is such a strange day here in Denver as I'm sitting and watching snowfall right in the middle of summer. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I've been transported to Arendelle or somewhere. So thankfully though, this snow is much needed and hopefully will help our firefighters combat some of these terrible wildfires that we are experiencing right now. But anyway, to get to the point and to this podcast, I just want to welcome you back or say hello if you are new. This is the Dance to Learn podcast. And I received such positive feedback from my previous podcast where I dove into VARC learning and gave you guys some tips and tricks on how you can turn your dance room into a whole child learning experience. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I have linked it in today's description box for you. Uh, So to recap, what is VARC? What does VARC stand for? So VARC stands for Visual, Auditory, Reading and Writing, and Kinesthetic. And we all have a way of learning that we prefer. So it is important as dance teachers and educators that we understand these four types of learners and that we recognize them in our classroom settings so that uh, we know how to use their learning style to really educate and engage them throughout class. So V is the first letter in VARC and V stands for visual. And so when thinking of a visual learner, we want to create materials that are going to ignite their sense of sight because these learning types learn best by seeing and visualizing the topics and concepts to which they are learning about. So to begin, as a dance teacher, how do you know which of your students are visual learners? So number one, you can tell if a child is a visual learner if they tend to lose focus during long lectures or if you are talking a lot about something. Um, So if you've noticed that you've been talking for a while and a student begins to get antsy or distracted, most likely they're a visual learner and they would rather watch you than sit and listen to you. (laughs) So... They will tend to be really observant and they're going to like to watch what others are doing as well. But they may not always catch your auditory cues 
or spoken expectations during class because they really respond better with seeing the directions instead of hearing them. So these types of learners, you'll probably find that they like to copy others. You might get a little monkey see, monkey do with these guys. So they're going to copy and mimic the actions and behaviors of others. And this may lead them to get in trouble if they start, you know, playing those games of monkey see, monkey do. And uh, so just keep that in mind as you're trying to figure out what type of learners your students are. If you have someone who likes to do monkey see, monkey do a lot, they're most likely a, a visual learner. Um, and remember that visual learners really like visual aids that allow them to witness and actually see with their eyes what they are learning. So that brings me to today's podcast. How can we use visual cues throughout our class to help guide these learners and apply these cues to our classroom management techniques. So let's begin at the start of class. Let's talk about setting up our classroom for success for visual learners. So in the Dance to Learn program, we begin every class in what we call a learner's circle. And this is where we begin to introduce our dance concept that we are learning that day. So imagine, if you will, that I just let my dancers enter the dance studio and just said, okay, kids, go ahead and make a circle and make sure you're evenly spread out. What do you think is going to happen? Are they instinctively going to know where to go or what to do? Probably not. Their instincts are most likely going to tell them to sit right next to and probably almost on top of the person next to them. So to prevent this, we want to be sure we are providing a visual for where they should exist in space. And you know, honestly, I have seen children struggle with spatial understanding even into the elementary years. So don't think that this should just be applied to your preschoolers. You want to give all of your classes a visual of where they should be in space in your dance studio. So what I do before class begins is I put tape on the floor and I spread it out evenly around our circle. And I use tape over the poly dots because sometimes I do find that poly dots can be distracting, especially when the kids realize that they can pick the dots up. Because then what happens? They start wearing them like hats or throwing them like frisbees. And now it's just a distraction more than a teaching aid. So I've personally had more success with tape remaining on the floor throughout the entire class than I have with the poly dots. But you could use both. I just prefer to use the tape. Um, and to make this even better for your visual learners is to place different colored tape on the floor so you can let them know that they are sitting on the green tape today or the yellow tape today. And just make sure that no two similar colors are right next to each other because that could cause confusion. For example, pink and red, the dancer may not be able to tell the difference at first glance. So they may not know which piece of tape belongs to them. But this way, if you're dancing and your visual learner moves from their spot, you can kindly direct them back to their colored tape. 
So can you please move back to your yellow tape? And they're gonna look on the floor and they're gonna find their yellow tape and then they're gonna be back in their spot again. So what about visual cues to encourage active listening? So active listening implies a classroom management technique that requires your students to take some type of action. So whether it's having super quiet mouths or turning on listening ears, standing up from warm-ups, or even transitioning to across the floor. Active listening techniques can be applied to all four types of learners, but how can we use active listening techniques specifically for our visual learners. So in case you don't know, I have created a free download as well as a YouTube video with 25 different active listening phrases. And I'm going to go over a couple of them today that are specific for our visual learners. So the first one is our big ears and small mouths. So this active listening phrase doesn't even require the use of your voice. All you do is place one hand behind your ear and the second hand in front of your mouth and you wait for your class to mimic your big ears, small mouths, hand gesture. You can think of it kind of as the peace sign when we were younger and in school and our teacher was waiting for everybody in line to be quiet, right? Same type of concept here. So your visual learners are going to be ready and they're gonna be ready to watch and mimic you. And so their first respond is going to quickly show you that they have big ears and small mouths by doing that hand gesture. So the second one, and this one I absolutely love for visual learners. I honestly think this is probably the best one for these types of, of kiddos. And all you do is say, quick, copy me. And so this is really good to use if you've noticed maybe your class has gotten a little out of control and they're doing their own thing, or maybe you have a bunch of kids playing monkey see, monkey do, and all you have to do is just say, hey, quick, copy me. And then just play a fun little silly game of copycat, and it doesn't have to be long. It could just be maybe three moves, silly moves, that you have them do to copy you. And honestly, your visual learners are going to love this game. I mean, they're all going to love this game, but especially your visual learners. And remember that your younger dancers love to mimic others. It's just in their development and where they are. But you want them to copy you and not their classmates. So one example I can give you for using this is every week before we practice our dance, I play a super quick game of copy Miss Jessica. And I remind my dancers that they should copy me and not the other kiddos. And I say, do we copy little Miss Susie? No. Do we copy Mr. Julian? No. Who do we copy? Miss Jessica. And again, it's three to four short little silly moves. Get those wiggles out. Make sure they're all copying me. And then as we're dancing, if somebody forgets that they're who they're supposed to be copying or what they're supposed to be doing, I just remind them and I say, Sally, remember to copy Miss Jessica. And then that usually gives them that cue to look at me and copy what I'm doing. Um, so I love that one for visual learners. So keep that one in your pocket for this type of learner. Uh, the next one, you've probably heard this one even when you were a kid in school, but it's lock up your lips and throw away the key. 
You know those hand motions, right? So again, it's another visual action that you can take as the teacher to help your visual learners and everyone apply some quiet mouths so they can hear the next direction. And then another one that I really like doing is I see a, and you can enter whatever you want. I see a magic fairy. I see a superhero. I see a leprechaun. I see a unicorn, whatever it is. Okay. I see a unicorn on the other side of the room. In my list, I believe I use a teddy bear picnic as an example. I see teddy bears having a picnic. And so what I do is I demonstrate, we're gonna walk over to where the teddy bears are, and it's usually the wall where we're gonna be waiting to go across the floor. And I demonstrate how to quietly tiptoe walk. And again, your visual learners love to mimic. So it's very, very, very important as the teacher that you are demonstrating right along with your students. Show them how you want them to tiptoe walk. And Remember, your visual learners, they may not even hear you say tiptoe, but they're going to see you, and then they're going to see all of their friends tiptoeing, and more likely than not, they are also going to copy and mimic and tiptoe as well. All right, and my last active listening phrase that I love, and I'm sure we have all heard this one before, is hands on your hips and smiles on your lips. And you say it and you do it for your visual learners. And I also add this little piece at the end of it. I say, who is the tallest ballerina today? I am looking for the tallest ballerina. And I look around the room and I stand as tall as possible with my hands on my hips and my smiles on my lips. And honestly, it's just a great way to keep the attention of the entire class. But your visual learners, they're gonna see how tall you're standing with your hands on your hips and your smiles on your lips and they're gonna copy you all day, every day. <laughs> so um, again, I've included a link so you can download all 25 of these active listening phrases so you can utilize these in your classroom. And I also linked over to the YouTube video where I demonstrated all 25 of the active listening phrases for you as well. So after this, podcast, go check that out. I think, I think you'll like it. All right. So let's move on to the next part of class. Now let's sort of talk about maybe we've stayed on our learner's circle and we've introduced our concept. We've stood up, we've explored our concept, we've warmed up, and now it's time to move across the room. And one thing to remember about dance studios and dance rooms, it's a large open space. And so without guidance, our visual learners may be more inclined to sort of roam <laughs> freely around the room unless provided with certain visual cues to guide them where to go. So let's just say, for example, you want your dancers to go across the floor and you have a big class. So four dancers are going to dance across the floor at one time. You want them to practice marches in a straight pathway way from one side of the room, but you want to make sure that they stay in their own lane so they don't crash or march into other dancers in their pathways. So this is where those polydots really come in handy. So what you want to do is you want to mark each pathway with a different colored polydot. So let's say 
you place them on the floor and you have four rows. You have a red, a yellow, a blue, and an orange. And those poly dots are where the dancers will start their marches. On the other side of the room, you place the same colored poly dot. So the dancer who starts on the red poly dot is going to march to the same color poly dot on the other side of the room. And by giving them that visual cue, it's going to help them dance across the floor and hopefully stay in their own lane. And if they get confused, you can always just remind them, remember you're going to the red poly dot. And now let's talk about obstacle courses where multiple visuals are coming into play. I always try to be sure the ending object, the object that we are moving to in my obstacle course is a different color for each dancer so they know where their pathway is. And again, one dancer may travel to a yellow hula hoop and another dancer may travel to a pink hula hoop. But before each group dances, I ask each dancer to point to the hula hoop they are traveling to and say the color to be sure they can recognize their pathway. And it doesn't have to be a hula hoop. It could be a cone, a poly dot, whatever they're traveling to. Just make sure they're different for each dancer visually so they can pick them out when they're looking at them across the room. Now, if you have a smaller class, I do believe it is always better to only have one pathway that all the dancers complete. And in larger classes, I know that this is not always possible. So in my ballet tap combo classes, which are our most popular classes, we tend to have 15 kids in one class. So I have to have at least four pathways set up at one time to get through our across the floor as quickly as possible. Uh, but if you do have a smaller class, one pathway, and have the kids sort of wait their turn, that is ideal to make sure that they're going through the pathway and their own pathway. But again, if you have multiple dancers, just give them a clear starting point and a clear ending point for their lane. So now let's talk about demonstration and memorization. And for your visual learners, it's very important, again, I know I said this earlier, it's important that you demonstrate everything. You can't be a teacher that just sits <laughs> or stands still, right? So you must demonstrate everything, even how you expect them to walk or sit or dance. And remember, they love to mimic others. And your goal is to have them mimic you and not the other kids in class because the other kids in class may not always be following directions. So let's just say you laid out your obstacle course and you demonstrate the course for your class and now it's their turn to perform the course. How can you help guide your visual learners through the obstacle course? And quick side note, I love obstacle courses because I do think they are a, a great way to teach enchantment or the process of linking multiple steps together, which is essentially what choreography is. So if you teach an obstacle course, which you should, this is helping your dancers learn how to link multiple steps together by providing them with 
a visual cue or an obstacle to dance through, right? That's why it's an obstacle course. So if your goal, if your end goal is that you want your dancers to be able to perform a recital piece or a showcase and have them know the dance as well as possible, I would encourage that every class you teach an obstacle course. Okay, that was just my little side note. <laughs> just my little, if that's your end goal, I highly encourage this. So visual learners specifically are going to respond very, very well to an obstacle course because each obstacle in that course is going to give them a visual cue or a visual reminder of what comes next. However, you may notice, let's say, you know, you have four little spots in the obstacle that they are going to go through and one part of the obstacle you set out cones and you want them to tiptoe walk in a zigzag through the cones. However, they just run right past the cones and head to the hula hoop because they really want to twirl. This can happen with our visual learners because there might be too many cues and it's a little overstimulating for them. So what can we do as teachers to help them through the obstacle course and make sure they're hitting each moment in the obstacle course? So number one, and probably the easiest thing to do, would be to demonstrate the obstacle, obstacle course with them. So to do that, you can either perform like a side-by-side -side obstacle course. You could have a teacher course and perform the entire course side-by-side, -side, reminding them visually what comes next by demonstrating. You could also use visuals like we do. So when we introduce our concept at the start of class, all of the concepts are printed out on a bright, colorful visual, and I take those visuals and I place them next to each part of the obstacle course to remind them what happens next. So let's say if your course is a butterfly-themed course and the butterfly is flying in different pathways, place your visual of those pathways on the floor before each pathway begins, and this will sort of help cue your visual learner with what happens next. All right, so the last part of class that I wanna discuss to help our visual learners is of course our choreography, or dance portion. And if your little ones do perform in a recital or a showcase, they will most likely be asked to learn a dance. So how can you be sure that your visual learners are engaged during this part of class? And my biggest recommendation for this age group, regardless if the learner type is visual, auditory, reader, writer, or kinesthetic, no matter what. Uh, skip long demonstrations or attempting to teach a phrase, you know, without music. Like you're explaining, we're gonna start in first position, we're gonna do our plies. Skip all of the explaining and go straight to the doing. Um, I think explaining and breaking down phrases is great when kids are older when it comes to teaching choreography, but I can tell you what, you're gonna lose your preschoolers. So your younger dancers just want to mimic, regardless of the type of learner that they are. So my recommendation is to play the music and teach the eight count 
as the music plays. And then each week you add on an eight count to the song. And then every week you practice the dance two to three times and you don't add on, you just do one eight count a week. So figure out how many weeks you're gonna need and short and sweet, you just play the music and you have the kids copy you. So that's my second point. Uh, for your visual learners specifically, you must demonstrate the dance with them. If you're only providing auditory cues, you won't have much luck with your visual learners. So either the teacher or the teacher's assistant will need to be placed somewhere where your visual learners can see you or see your assistant and you need to do the dance with them. And lastly, to really get your visual learners to copy you, play a few quick rounds of copy me, copy the teacher, before you begin the dance. And this will remind them to watch you, the teacher, and not watch what anyone else is doing. And it also makes the choreography part of class more fun because then it's almost like a fun game that they're playing at the end of every class. All right, you guys, so there you have it. So those are my tips on how to engage your visual learners and a few classroom management techniques to motivate those learner types to listen, follow directions, and have a successful dance class each and every week. And don't forget uh, to check out the description of today's podcast for my links to the free printables and the YouTube video where I explain the 25 active listening phrases that you can use for classroom management. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Also, please leave the podcast a five-star review and you could receive a shout out on my next episode. Also new and exciting, all new five-star reviews will be entered into a drawing each week to win a $10 Amazon gift card. Till next time, I hope you continue to dance, learn, and grow. Bye!